The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Welcome to another Culture versus Christianity episode. So if you're living in Australia, you will be very, very well aware that on the weekend that just gone, we had our federal ele- election. And that's um, that's a pretty big deal for us. I know it may not be for our uh, listeners abroad, but um, we thought we'd take the opportunity to talk about politics and how that relates to our faith and and the voting process in general. So tonight, uh, there's four of us at the table. There's myself, Luke, there's Nato, Dave, and Ben. And uh, yeah, welcome, guys. Yay, Thank politics. You. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure whether that was a comment about yourself, Luke, where you said it's a big deal. <laughs> well, I meant for the country. I didn't necessarily mean individually. Yeah, it's not, politics are not a big deal for me. Well, no matter which side gets in, tax law is going to be big changes this year, so Happy I'm going to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, as an accountant, that makes sense that you would know that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so, I think politics is kind of a, what would you say, a polarizing sort of a conversation. Yeah. There's yeah, so some good. people that are very into it, and there's some people that are very not into it. And mm-hmm. so, we understand that not everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to listen to this conversation about politics. We Just are going to be framing it, though, in... How does a Christian relate to politics? So you might find that if you're a Christian listening, you will find something interesting in it for you. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And so just to just to start us off, I like questioning the assumptions. And so some of the obvious questions are like, who should we vote for? Can we vote? Should we vote? All of those things, which we can we can talk about the details later. But just to take a step back, let's just ask: Is our system, is our whole political structure, is the democratic system? Biblical. What do you guys think? Well, there's always theocracy. Well, that was what Israel had, but is that... Well, okay. Is that possible today? No, not really. I know. You don't have We'd any... probably just want a king anyway. <laughs> you don't have any Urim or Thummim in your pockets that you want to want to share out? <laughs> well, that, I think that's the point, right? Like, yeah. it, If you're in a theocracy situation where God is speaking directly to the nation... Fantastic. Yeah. It certainly fixes a lot of problems. Yeah. What did God say? No question. He said, he just said it, right? But we don't live in that kind of a culture. We li- we live in a very diverse culture, but we also live in a time where God doesn't have his denominated people as a nation. He has them throughout the nations. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that democracy is biblical. I mean, have a look at how our church is structured. It's very bottom-up. So it's the it's the congregations that ultimately get the um get the um they vote everything through at the um local level and it goes um up from there. Mm-hmm. So in a way we our church is actually in a way a very democratic way of doing things. Hmm. And I think the interesting thing is, I just want to go back to something you said before, you know, we'll probably just want a king anyway. For those who aren't familiar so much with the story of Israel, when Israel was formed as a nation, they didn't have kings. They had judges and prophets. 
And so as God got, well, God guided them by education, if you like. So yeah. there were these laws and rules that would set the set the tone and principles for the way people would relate to each other. And there was just simply no need to have a kingly power over the top of the nation. The governing system, you could say, was the family. Mm. Yes. Yeah, because they were where the, the teaching of those principles would happen first. And then mm. the children would then go on to become families of their own and... You know, so you could say that that was supposed to be the the governmental structure, if you like. Unfortunately, they started looking at the nations around them. They had kings. Kings brought this wonderful glory, these battles, this enslavement of their children, <laughs> yeah. all the good stuff. And they still wanted it. So yeah, so funny actually when you read that, isn't it, in the Bible where they're like, "We want a king," and God's like, "Are you sure this is what's going to happen?" And they're like, "Yep." Yeah. And he's like, okay, yeah. sure. They'll, they'll, they'll tax you heavily. They'll enslave your children. You know, you, you're going to have a lot of problems. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually kind of what we want. Let's <laughs> sign up for that one. Yay for yeah. taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps me employed. Yeah. yeah. But the, the thing is, if they had a, gone with God's ideal, they would have been able to witness to the nations around them. They wouldn't have had to participate in so much warfare. There, you know, there would have been so much more positives there yeah. but instead they wanted a monarchy well you just what they you got. just look at those two lists that you just said mm. like the the first list of what god said would happen if they got a king mm. was all about the the lack of liberty right enslavement and mm. they'll take away their freedom in this way and mm. that way and the other way mm. right whereas the educational system that god had originally set up was to to grant them freedom by teaching them the principles mm. that would that would be uh what would you say empowering mm. their freedom yeah. uh, and so yeah that's really the the mm. difference if you like between the two mm. systems and having I said that I think the the reality is, like you you pointed out before, that the the ideal system is no longer viable for our current society. And so, when you look through Scripture, you do see God. He changes the way things are done to accommodate for the needs of the people, right? Mm -hmm. And so, fr from the beginning, you know, He had a plan, and that plan evolved, if you like, from one particular direction to another, to another, to another, mm. because the people were so imperfect that God had to keep morphing the plan to make it relevant for the, where the people were at. Yes. And so for our society today, I suppose a democratic structure is, is the, mm. the best, the closest to the ideal, if you like, mm. that we have as, as a potential. Mm. And it's not perfect. I mean, I've no. got a, this is my favorite quote about democracy. It's from um, Winston Churchill. No one pretends that democracy is perfect or all wise. Indeed, it has been said that democracy is the worst form of government except all those other forms which have been tried from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good on you, Winnie. Yeah. So basically, uh, apart from the one we just mentioned, all the others, it's kind of the... They the suck even more? Yeah. They suck even more. So yeah. basically, democracy sucks, but these other ones... They suck worse. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's that's a pretty fair call because I mean, if you look at it, you go into you know, communist structures and all the rest of it. Even though they might sound good on paper, as soon as you get to application, every everything just go, goes to mud. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some of them are some fast, fantastic ideas, but they just don't take into account human um, the human condition. That's right. And if you look at monarchies, and I mean, okay, sure, we, we are under um, a monarchy. A monarchy. But it is a we live in a democratic system, which constitutional. is constitutional, constitutional, exactly. Mm -hmm. So the the absolute monarchy system is problematic because again, doesn't take into account the foibles of humanity. And so if you have a despotic dictator, then you end up with a lot of problems. The beauty of the democratic system is that if anyone is bad enough, they get voted out. <laughs> 
And so, <laughs> or they get kicked out before the election. <laughs> yeah. Australia for the last how long? Yeah, yeah I, I know. The saying currently is, yeah, we'll have we'll have a new prime minister by Christmas. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Every Christmas. <laughs> uh, uh, again, for In those. July. I know. I was looking at our stats recently, and I am aware that more than half of our listeners are not from Australia. So, if you don't know, Australia had an extremely stable political system up until probably ten years ago, and you know, up until then, we had very firm leaders that were in for long periods of time like a the, decade yeah literally the, at that time john howard was our, our prime minister you know a bit before that but he was in literally 10 years he was in in office he, and, he was from 96 to 2007 i believe yeah yeah, yeah that's right you remember the right. election kevin, kevin 07. 07 that's right because he, he was uh, dethroned by by kevin rudd but from that point onwards We've every, never been content. Yeah, that's right. We have like a, a new a, a new prime minister every time you turn around, you know, because they keep getting knifed by their own party or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever happens. Well, take, for example, Tony Abbott. He was two days short of getting his prime minister's golden ticket. So they, they get all these extra things if they stay in office for two years. Hmm. And he was taken out by his own party two, year, uh, two days before he got his little golden ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ex- there's a good example. <laughs> so okay, so we're sort of like sharpening the, sharpening the point of the spear here because like this is getting down to where we're at right now. So we've established that democracy is not perfect, but it's better than all the other imperfect stuff out there and the other options that we have available to us. So in a democracy, as Christians, should we actually vote? What do you What do you guys think? Do you, I mean, you can share if you if you want to share. Do you vote, or how do you think about it? <laughs> I remember reading a little bit of um, Ellen White on this, and she basically said, "Vote for those who correspond with what we believe, and what we believe is right and wrong." But of course, being an American, they get to choose. That's right. In Australia, voting is compulsory. So. You get fined if you don't vote. Unless you have a good enough reason. So each year I give them my reason and so far it's been good enough for all of my voting years. Having said that, that's not necessarily saying that that is the the one and only way to go. Not saying that's the best way to go. I just have no interest in politics whatsoever. And so I just tell them honestly that I, I don't... I can't subscribe to any of the parties, and so it's my. It would be against my conscience to put my vote with any of them, and yeah, they they seem to think that's okay. You'll need to look into that vote of no confidence um, thing that was going around. Yeah, if they ever ask the question, I will. So, well, actually, it's kind of interesting because at at the table, at least tonight, the you know, Dave and NATO, neither of you vote, right? So, or at least not. Um, haven't yeah, done. Haven't no. haven't done. So. Whereas Ben and I do. And so let's have a little exercise. Let's build a case for, for both options, whether you like either not voting or, or, you know, preferring not to vote. So for the case for we should vote, case for we shouldn't vote. So you just pointed to the wrong sides, man. <laughs> yeah. well, Fortunately, the audience can't see I'm pointing at the wrong people. That's why I let them know. Yeah. <laughs> so as you said, you know, I've, I've never voted. Yep. However, some of the reasons why one may choose to vote is because you know, certain policies you, you know you might want you want to support you want to support mm-hmm. or you might go you know I do not want to support them so I'm going to support someone protest vote yeah yeah Australians are them. known for that <laughs> yeah yes so that's one aspect one of the reasons why I personally don't is because if you have a hand in putting someone in power then you are partially responsible for the way that they govern 
in a sense. Or at least that's your conviction. You're not that's, putting that yeah, on anyone that's, else. That's yeah. my conviction. And besides that, I haven't found anyone that agrees 100% with what I believe in politics anyway. So, Well, yeah, that's the funny thing. A lot of people, they start identifying with a political group and then they just think, oh, I've, I've got to adopt all their policies into mm. their um, identity. Mm. It's mm. funny how that's been happening. Of I, like, That's why they call it identity politics, right? And um, I, I remember doing a test a while back and... My political beliefs are all over the place. I mean, I have beliefs from just about all the major parties. Mm. And that's the reason why I struggle with working yeah. out who to um, who to vote for as well is because they none of them actually... I don't align with any of them, really. Yeah. Mm. I'm one of those pesky um, swing voters. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I thought it'd be interesting because the a- ABC, you know, one of the major news organisations in Australia... Uh, they do vote uh, vote compass or whatever they call it. So you do they give you a quiz essentially a survey, and then when you come out the other end of it, they say, well, you know, here is the the grid, and you fit in about here, and here are the, the major parties and how you relate to them. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I found much the same. Like I don't actually line up with any of them, but uh, it, it it's helpful at least. Yeah. But okay, so just to to, to get back to our point, so for the the, the case for not voting. Um, you're saying that that you you feel responsible for what the, the politicians do who get voted in if you if you were to vote for them. What are some other good reasons to to not vote? If you don't keep up with politics, it's hard to vote because you don't know what everyone what their all their policies are, which means you might be putting somebody in that you might actually not want to put in. Mm-hmm. So, so an, un, an uneducated vote ends up voting for the wrong person. Mm. Mm-hmm. What I said before. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything else to add other than what I said. No, the only other thing that I, I was thinking of is the fact that a, a lot of people feel that, and I guess it is sort of wrapped into what you were saying before, Nato, that you, if you don't feel like you can one hundred percent align at a, on a values base, then oh, you know, then you you shouldn't be voting for them. Or there's the the other one that I've spoken to people about, any who say, you know, well, the word the world is going down the tubes anyway, so why should I try to stop it? By voting in somebody yeah. better, that's a terrible way of looking at it. <laughs> I also take the whole has been said to me. You know, God sets up kings and pulls them down, and you could use that as well as a reason why you shouldn't bother, mm-hmm. because it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's a very good reading of scripture. No, no, no neither do I. Uh, see the so, and so here's the thing. Well, let's let's flip the switch and look at the other end of it. So why? What would you say would be the case for voting? Well. The um, shoes on the other foot with the responsibility and the fact that if you don't vote, well, whoever you get in, you've kind of helped get in because you didn't vote against them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other oh, thing... I thought of another thing against it. Yeah. See, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. <laughs> <laughs> so, so therefore, I shouldn't vote in an election that I don't belong in. <laughs> I wonder if it works with the ATO. <laughs> yeah. I know I don't have to pay tax here because I paid tithe this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of God's government. I yep. tithe. I don't actually pay taxes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> That's right. Well, I, I, hey, I'm part of a nation of kings and priests. You should be paying me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, fair, fair call. So, um, if you say so you're saying if you don't vote, then you can't really complain about what happens. What happens? Yeah. Um, the other thing, and this is probably more an Australia-specific thing, but because it's compulsory, it is something that is. It's for me. It comes under a part of abiding by the laws of the land. Give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Yeah, give. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I think there's 
uh, reasonable support for that. And the other thing, this is, and this comes from my family heritage, so I'm not actually saying this is, oh, I've researched this and come to this conclusion. This is something that has been taught to me since I was a kid that I've, I still feel pretty strongly about, and that is that democracy is something that was fought for and there's been so much blood spilled to preserve. Not voting would seem to be um, disrespectful of what has been given to achieve what we have. And um, I, I think there's a, there's a degree of truth to that because ultimately if enough people refuse to vote, then the, the system starts to break down. So democracy ultimately needs people to vote in order for it to be a democracy. Mm. So. So, anyway, so... Um, Maybe I'm, it would cause a bit more responsibility on the behalf of our politicians. What would, sorry? If enough people didn't vote. Mm. That no confidence vote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's only... It's a rumour that's going around. I don't know whether it's true or not, but basically there's this... If um, there are any, like, political analysts out there or whatever who know the answer to, the answer to this, tell us. Basically, you can do this little thing, which is a vote of no confidence, and if enough people vote um, that... We get rid of all of them. They all get fired and we can start again from scratch. Personally, I think it's a brilliant thing if it does exist. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that that exists and there's no wonder they don't want you to know about it. Mm-hmm. If it is actually a thing, for sure. No. So the other thing being, if it, if it is a if it is a thing and it does happen, it makes you wonder if the next crop actually will be any better, though. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, well, thanks, to the human, thanks to the human condition. That's a sad thing. It probably wouldn't be. Yeah. Well, sh- um, well, here's a question then. We were talking about it being compulsory. From a Christian perspective, should it... Because we believe that there shouldn't be force, right? So should voting be compulsory from a Christian worldview? What do you guys think? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, I think it should be simply because if you don't, then you you find that it's the... What's the word I'm looking for? It's the it's the people on the extreme fringes that get the power because they're the ones that get out of their road to go and vote. The quote unquote the normal middle of the road centrist kind of people who have a more balanced view of the world and can vote more intelligently are probably going to be otherwise occupied and not caring about politics, and so their votes aren't going to get heard. So having it compulsory would probably end up with a more balanced result. On the flip side of that, mm-hmm. if it's not compulsory, I find that more democratic because the people actually get to choose, do I vote, do I not? Mm-hmm. And then the politicians would also, theoretically, they may have to try harder mm-hmm. to get people to vote for them, mm-hmm. which means they have to get people more interested in what they're doing mm-hmm. in the politics, which means this is what they're going the to have to mm. get out there and do stuff. Which probably would be a good idea. Yeah, and, and like like I was saying, this is one of the things that happens in the US, right? The, the, the campaign trail then explodes because yeah. of the the necessity for for it, really. So, mm. so, but it, it's interesting. Each each part comes with its own with its own problems. But let's let well, let's ask that question. You talk about the campaign trail. People are you know getting involved in political parties and all the rest of it. Is it okay for Christians to be involved in politics? And if so, to what degree? I would say as individuals, yes. At the um with the US with the US election. Donald Trump? No, no, no. Um Carson. Ben Carson. Nice. I think that's perfectly fine. Mm. People want to vote in somebody who has um Christian values, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. 
so long as you don't compromise those values. Mm. Freedom of religion um, should um, be upheld, of of course, of yeah. um, above all else, because it's just not on to enforce mm-hmm. Christian values. But at the same time, there's there's kind of a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, protecting, for example, family, I think, is quite an important thing. Mm-hmm. But on on the flip side, you can go to extremes like, say, legislating a type of worship. Yeah, and yeah. and that's the thing. It's okay to have a Christian in office, but it's not okay for that Christian to funnel their beliefs into the legislature. Exactly. Yeah. People should be allowed to choose. Mm. And having that, uh, I guess, as um, you know, as as a bit of a backdrop there, a lot of people, uh, a lot of Christians object to, to voting and being involved in uh, politics to any degree. And in, even in our own church, that seems to be even more prevalent. I was looking at the church's official statement regards politics, voting, etc., and uh, it, there's a number of quotes from one of, one of our founders, Ellen White, and uh, in some of her writings, she speaks forcefully against being involved and lists some great reasons, some similar to what Nathaniel was sharing before about being responsible for, or at least partially responsible for what those people do when they're in office. But she also speaks in other circumstances about it being our Christian duty to vote uh, in in her in her case, they were she was writing specifically regards abolition of slavery and um, prohibition of alcohol, and she was saying if there's a temperance man or, or or someone that's opposing slavery and they're running for office in your area, it's your Christian duty to get out there and vote for them. And so, because that those issues were key Christian issues, right? Mm. And so she supported that. But one thing that she was more clear on than either than either of those was that nobody should judge anybody else for their decision to vote or not to vote. Mm. She mm. spent a lot of her time writing about the fact that it's up to the personal conviction of the individual. And I think that that's very instructive for us too as how to as how we would handle that. I think you can actually take that a step further and also don't judge people for voting for the other party. Mm. <laughs> yes, how, how dare they vote for those liberals? <laughs> well, um, like you were saying, you know, there's good policies in... All the parties. All the parties, you know, Mm. you might personally, one of those policies might strike a chord with you, you know, that's really important to me. Mm. So you might vote for them. Mm. Someone else might go, you know, this other idea is really important to me. Mm. I'm going to vote for that party. You come together, why did you vote for that? Mm. Well, this policy, Mm. it's important to me. Yeah, and yeah. the other person may agree, yeah. oh, that's a good policy, mm. but this other one that they're, um, they're going to bring in is absolute yeah. rubbish. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, just like just to make this a little bit you know, more real here, like for me, I don't feel like I, I don't have this identity of, oh, I'm going to vote for this party. You know, I, I voted for a number of different parties over the years, depending on what policies were, were, were um, in at that particular time or what was intention or what that particular leader had done. So I, I, I don't find myself loyal to any particular party but there are some parties that I have never and even considered voting for and much less would I think that a Christian could in good conscience vote for and I have seen recently uh, on social media posts from people who who I would consider to be spiritual people saying, you know, these are the very parties that I support and, you know, very strongly so and this is why and they give this, this you know, long list and when I read that I, my initial response was, how can you vote for that particular party? Because I mean, they're not one of the major parties. It's one of the smaller parties that you would generally go, like, why Why would anyone vote for them? But 
just like you said, NATO, there are a couple of key features of those parties that that person has latched onto and said, this is important to me, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't object to. I object to the rest of their policies, but I wouldn't object to that. But that was what was important to that person, you know? And so we can't, like, exactly right, we can't judge those people based on their vote. So, and so I think just generally speaking, what we're, what we're saying is that voting and, and politics in general is necessary uh, as far as voting. That's up to the individual. There is, uh, there's good support and good reasoning for voting and for not voting, depending on, on how you look at it. But ultimately, whatever you choose to do, don't judge others for, for being or voting differently to you. Absolutely. Mm. And one of the, one final point we should look at is um, should churches get involved? Mm. I I think in some ways they can, in some ways they can't. This is really a sticky point. So, um, for example, Adventists were actually around during the writing of the Australian Constitution, and we played a part in in a, a little part of our Constitution is freedom of religion, mm. and I think that's a very important. We and that was a really important for us to play. However, there's the other side of it where you can go to the other extreme where churches can say, okay, everyone, welcome to church. We are all going to be voting for this person. Hmm. Yeah, and if you allow that to happen, then you start getting into very, very muddy waters very quickly because then, you know, the churches start to have power over political bodies. And I think that's very dangerous because that's when you get to the point where you start legislating things that shouldn't be legislated like worship style for example yeah so in some of those like uh specific areas like the you know freedom of religion mm-hmm. or back in the early days of america with the civil war and, and slavery and that you know these are a very specific you know this is definitely something that we as a whole church mm can get behind yeah. that is something that we definitely do want to support mm-hmm. yeah so i guess what you're saying is as a church we can get behind particular social issues or, or policies that are important to the preservation of religious liberty and and christian values but as a church we shouldn't get behind specific parties and tell our members how to how to vote or yeah, I, I guess that, that is the um, difference. We mm. can get behind certain policies, but not certain parties. Mm. I, no, I've just lost it. <laughs> That's okay. We, 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 we all do that. <laughs> <laughs> the plebiscite is probably a good um, yeah. example of what you're talking about, where you can mm. not only support that with your vote, but you can even promote it. Because yeah. it's an important issue that Christians should be vocal yeah. about. Yeah, the, the plebiscite that Dave's talking about for those n- not in Australia is that we recently had a, a vote whether Australia would accept homosexual marriage or, or not, and uh, that was put to the, that was a decision that was put to the Australian public, and that's something that is totally relevant for a church to have a say on or, or, or to um, you know share with, share with its members and that sort of thing. Yeah, the church can get. Yeah, information and that out and go, you know, this is something that is important. Mm. Yeah. So it, it can be a, a good sharing place. Mm. As, you know. It can be a hub for people to get the required information for those kind of issues that aren't necessarily getting into the troubled waters that we were talking about before. Mm. So, so 
regardless of what has happened, because obviously at this point when you guys are listening to this, the election is already in the past. Congratulations. You all know who is in. We don't. <laughs> well, but- maybe. The voting's probably still going on. The count. Oh, that, that is true. The count may still be going at that point. But either way, the, the, the point is, whoever does get in... We can be, we can rest assured. Even that, uh, when Dave quoted that verse earlier about the Bible says that God uh, installs kings and puts down kings. Even though it is possible for uh, you know we have free will, but ultimately God is the one that is in charge of things. Not to say that um, that person is going to be the perfect leader, but that is to say that we can pray for them and we can. By doing so, we can do our part to support them in their leadership because the Bible is very clear that we should be praying for our leaders because they have tough jobs. We might thoroughly disagree with things that they do, but that doesn't mean that we should throw them out. In much we, the same we should way, pray for them even more. We should pray for them even more. I was going to say, yeah. in that way, it's the same as our churches. You know, if you, I heard someone say once, if you want a better pastor, pray for the one you have. Hmm. And I think it's the same with uh, with our, our politicians. We may not be very satisfied with them, particularly in some countries more than others, but ultimately, if we, if we are dissatisfied, we should pray for them all the more. And so I think that is uh, probably one of the biggest take-homes from when we think about politics as a Christian. I think the other take-home message is even if somebody doesn't vote the same way as you do, mm. they generally will vote for that person because they care about some sort of issue. Maybe an issue that you you don't care about, but they're voting that way because they care about, um, care about a certain issue and they want the best for the country. Yes. No, and... You should you should give people understanding for that and mm. try to be understanding. They're uh, they're another human being. They have um, different reasons. Yeah. Try to understand them before you go. Oh, you're a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a another uh, another podcast that I was listening to just recently, and that was the whole purpose of the podcast actually that they were interviewing people that support different political parties in order to get to know the person behind the policies. Exactly. And that is that is vital because it's very easy to. Uh, ridicule somebody when you're looking at the party they support. Very hard to ridicule them when you know why they support that party. Yeah, so understand you, the person behind the that's vote. That's right, the person behind the vote. So, Anyway, with that, we shall leave it there and uh, we will catch you guys next week. So until then, God bless and we'll talk to you then. Yeah, Catch you guys. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list so i would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review the final message that i'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our patreon account now 
Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.